welcome to this podcast from BMJ Lupus Science and Medicine. I'm Harriet Vickers, Multimedia Editor for BMJ Journals, and in this podcast we're going to be looking at Lupus Science and Medicine, the journal, a bit about the content and what readers can expect. Joining me to discuss the journal are its two joint editors. So I have Jill Byan, who's from the New York University School of Medicine, and also Ronald van Vollenhoven from the Karolinska Institute in Sweden. Good afternoon to you both. First of all, tell me a bit about the launch of the journal and what the reasons were behind launching this journal. I think it really started with the Lupus Foundation of America saying that, you know, what's the world of lupus like today and what will it be like in a number of years from now? And what can we do to further the whole field of lupus in terms of research, in terms of clinical advances? And they decided that they wanted to really focus on the possibility of creating an open access platform for research that has to do with lupus. There's a lot of research going on. You know, it's a disease that is being studied at the molecular level, at the cellular level, in all kinds of labs. There are clinical trials going on. There are clinical studies in the hospital setting. There are studies of epidemiology and of health outcomes. And if you all add it up, it's a tremendous amount of uh, research that's happening. And of course, the hope of all the researchers and of us and, and of the patients is that this will lead to better treatments. But one of the things that has happened with the research is it has to come together. And lupus is a bit tricky because it is so multifaceted. It has so many different aspects. And so it was felt that it would be great if there was a platform where all this research could be brought together by giving researchers an opportunity to submit their research, to have it published, but then also make it open access so that all other researchers and other stakeholders, including the patients and the lupus organizations, could actually see all the research that's going on and hopefully make it better for the research community to be translating their insights into advances at the clinical level. So the LFA partnered with BMJ Publishing to make that possible, and the result was this new open access journal, Lupus Science and Medicine. I echo everything that Ron has said, and just sort of anecdotally, we were discussing what would be the titles or the name of our journal. And it took a while, but I think the title, Lupus Science and Medicine, really embodies what we were trying to do. And that is a really full thickness, full spectrum look at lupus and really try to partner basic science advances with clinical advances. And this really is a full thickness journal. And so we've encouraged papers to be submitted on all levels from the basic, basic of science to clinical outcomes and many areas related to patients' even reaction to things and therefore applicable to so many different individuals who study lupus, who treat lupus, and who have lupus. Could you give us a a taster of some of the papers that you've had? What are the most recent submissions that you found particularly interesting or exciting? Well, from my perspective, I think there is a huge discussion about the value of repeat renal biopsy. And we've received uh, papers addressing this, and there is one in a current issue with a dialogue that really discusses harnessing repeat biopsies to help identify meaningful biomarkers of disease. And so often, the clinician is really faced with, should I stop the medication? Should I continue a medication? And we really need to take and perhaps draw upon the value of repeat biopsy that may tell us more than what the clinical picture does. I mean, that's just one example. Ron, I'm sure you can highlight others. 
Yeah, we've actually had more than one paper on that particular topic, yes. also one by uh, Aneta Zickert and others. And But I mostly think it is so varied and so wide in terms of what we have had, because that's a very clinical question about the renal biopsies. We also had a really interesting study on the role of Epstein-Barr virus infection, which has already been discussed a lot in literature, but it's still a little bit unclear. How does this virus maybe trigger lupus in the, in the sensitive individual, or maybe it gets reactivated as the disease is flaring? And there are some interesting new data there. There were studies of MRI scanning in patients with neuropsychiatric lupus. There were some really interesting studies on new outcomes. And all in all, I think we've had, what, almost 100 submissions now. But we did both, I think, find that the quality was good. And this was actually very nice. That we really thought a lot of papers were very good quality, and we could accept more than half, I think almost two-thirds, mm. um, which, was really, which was really encouraging because there was, uh, there was clearly also a real interest from the researcher side to, to put good work into this journal. Right. Yeah, and also we've we've kind of created what we call dialogues. So one of the exciting aspects I think for me as an editor is to read these papers, get get the reviewers' opinions. And what we've done is try to harness the reviews and invite dialogues so that the reader can see the paper and then in a sense get an opinion from an expert which I would say in most cases, actually I think every case has been the reviewer of the actual manuscript. So it creates a dialogue between the person who reads it and then a person who might have reviewed it. And I, and I think that's an exciting aspect um, to the journal. Fantastic. And, and the, the papers that you, you talked about and the other content that you've been publishing, how are these fitted in with the rest of the research community and publications in lupus? What are the big developments recently? And have you had the satisfaction of seeing your papers feed into those? But of course, it takes time because, you know, this journal has now been on its way for a year. And by the time that research results go through the whole cycle of being noted by others and then sometimes being reproduced, being integrated into other research protocols, it takes time. But I think we've certainly seen that some of the topics that were addressed in lupus science and medicine are also now very much at the forefront of where lupus is going like, are there new therapeutics coming out, and do they have to do with the cellular processes that we're seeing? Is there a better way of measuring outcomes in lupus, which we had some papers on? And also, is it possible to measure the improvements in the care of patients in the wider picture? Is there, is there improvement in how lupus patients are doing? And I think all those topics are being addressed. But I think we'll see more of that also, as some of the results that have been published to date will lead to additional studies, and then it will actually trigger maybe new areas of research that are going to have their impact. Well, I think we're also going to see some of the detail of pivotal trials. And, you know, many people know that when you publish the result of a pivotal trial, there is a limitation to how much you can write in a paper. And one of the interesting aspects of our journal is that we do encourage further analyses of very important pivotal studies. Mm. And there really has not been a home in a well-respected journal for this type of thing. And so for the readership, it will be important to keep an eye out for evaluations of studies, often post-marketing, evaluation beyond the primary outcomes. These can be very important insights to how you plan your next clinical trial, how you think about your next biomarker. And we've been very encouraging of those types of submissions. And Jill, didn't we already have a great example where there was a trial that had already been done, but then they did a sub-analysis on the vitamin D status? 
Yes. So on the Apple trial, as uh, many of you may or may not know, it was a huge trial of children, which addressed the question in children with lupus, whether or not if you took a statin, whether that might decrease the progression of an abnormal carotid evaluation by something called IMT or intermediate thickness, with the hypothesis that because lupus is associated with premature accelerated atherosclerosis, that children might actually start out with slightly abnormal values of their carotid thickness, so to speak, and that if they took atorvastatin, it might decrease. It turns out that the overall study, which was not published in our journal, actually did not meet its primary endpoint. But what we received as a very exciting paper was that a low vitamin D at initiation actually, in a sense, masked or, or wasn't able, you weren't able to see a possible beneficial effect of atorvastatin. Mm -hmm. And so this suggests that maybe when for those people whose levels were not abnormal, atorvastatin did have a more beneficial effect. And I think that could have an impact on our kids and treating and making sure that, in fact, their vitamin D levels are not insufficient, which is a definite serious problem when you tell someone, don't mm. go out in the sun. Mm. Yes, definitely. Yes, those kind of critical analyses is, are so important. Yes. What else do you want to do with the journal? What's coming up for you in the next few years? Well, you know, the world of publishing is changing, and this was also part of the thinking when this journal was started, that everything is going to be open access online and I think together with the team from BMJ Publishing and with people from the LFA, we're really trying to do to step into the resources that are now available. So we do have podcasts as you can see and we also have many other activities that are online. We do think that there's going to be more and more of that. So it will be interesting to follow the technical developments. We're already getting quite some interest. I was actually given some statistics here Recently, it turned out that we almost had 22,000 unique visitors to our homepage, which to me is astonishing because, you know, there is no journal that has 22,000 people you know, just, you know, picking up a copy every week or something. Mm, but this, yeah. is like a, this is like a real highlight. Of course, this means that people can just quickly click on it, but it also means that probably some people are actually looking at the articles, trying to find what is interesting to them focusing directly on what's most relevant. And that also, I think, is part of the thinking that it will make the whole research effort so much more effective. I also think we're working hard on increasing our turnaround times for the submitters. Many investigations take a while. It takes a long time to have your work published. We're really uh, going all out to try to encourage very rapid turnaround so that there is a timely exposure of somebody's work. And that can be critical in many, many ways. And of course, it accelerates science and medicine when work doesn't delay two years from the time a study might be complete. Mm. And I think Ron and I are really trying very hard with our really stellar editorial staff and our reviewers to push that envelope so that when we get a paper into review, it's something that someone thinks about reviewing that night. Do it, read it, and let's move. And I think that is another exciting feature of this journal. So lots of good reasons then to submit to uh, Lupus Science and Medicine and uh, also to go away and have a look at the website and have a look at the content. One more comment which I think is, is worthy of consideration, and that is we're very hung up now from a submitter perspective with impact factor. And yes, it is true that our journal doesn't yet have an impact factor. But on the other hand, to submit a paper to a journal that 
does have an impact factor, which may be not necessarily in a range that would be exciting to a submitter that to submit to our journal where it'll be published quickly, it's open access, available, that I should say that might be attractive compared to submitting a paper. Yes, you know about that journal, but it has a low impact factor. We're trying very hard to encourage submissions to us, even though it's not uh, yet having an impact factor. And I think that's an important point for a a potential clinician who is about to submit something that to think about, okay, maybe we should go with lupus science and medicine rather than put our, our paper in a journal which might carry a low impact factor. Jill and Ron, thanks very much. 